0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Junction 28 Church. We're so glad that you've decided to join us today and know that God wants to bless you with this message. We'd love to hear about it, so why not tell us on our Facebook or Twitter pages. If you would like further information about who we are, check out our website www.thejunction28church.com We hope you enjoy this message. If you just open your Bibles in Proverbs chapter 4, and we'll just get straight into it. So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And if you read the first three words of verse 23, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, that'll give you the title to this word, to this sermon. Guard your heart. that's the title. That's the first three words. Now, what would you do if I just passed the microphone back to Pastor Danny and just said, you know, that's it, that's the end of my sermon, that's the end of my word, and went and sat back down? You'd think I was crazy, right? (laughs) Exactly. You'd think that wasn't wisdom. But too many times as Christians, we can sort of, with new believers, when we're talking to new believers, uh, people that are mature, we can often say flippantly things to, to new believers, such things that they don't understand, like guard your heart, or just for another example, just give it to the Lord, you know And the new Christian is like, how do I give my unforgiveness, my bitterness, my addiction, or whatever it is to the Lord? For another example, it'd be, uh, you've probably all heard this, don't do it in your own strength, do it in the strength of the Lord, which is really, really confusing for a new believer, right? So, I haven't really got time to talk about all three this morning. I'm just going to talk about guarding your heart. And the reason that this sermon sort of came into my heart was because someone actually said them words flippantly to me when I was a new believer. So, I just thought I'd, I want to bring this and I want to bring an understanding of, of what your heart is and why you need to guard it and how to guard it. So, this sermon is going to come in sort of two parts. It'll be like first 10 minutes is going to be me explaining what, what, what it is that you have to, have to guard what your spiritual heart is and then the second part which is going to be me hopefully giving you some practical stuff that you can take away and you can start applying to your daily life if you're not already applying them okay so first off we have to establish what is it i'm talking about we're talking about guarding your heart we're not talking about you know the pump that god gives a, a fantastic piece of kit to pump the blood around the body we're not talking about that and i'll just explain why I'm going to give you a little bit of Hebrew and a little bit of Greek, and there's reason for that. See, the Old Testament, which is where Proverbs is, would have been translated from Hebrew. So the word heart would have been leb, L-E-B, leb, which actually means, by definition, it means inner man. So it's definitely not talking about that pump that pumps the blood around your body. And just to give you a bit of Greek as well, because I'm going to be using some New Testament uh, scriptures, and I don't want you to turn to them. They should come up on the board behind me. Um, but I give you the, the Greek uh, word for heart is cardia. And that translates as the heart, inner life, intention, but it can also mean character, mind, will, and center. So, so we're definitely not talking about you know, the, the, the physical pump. So just for a couple of analogies in order to, for me to paint a picture of what the heart is, I'm going to give you a couple of analogies. And the first one would be your spiritual heart's a bit like a, a spiritual bank account. You know, you can sort of, with a bank account, you can put money in and you can keep investing into it and invest into it. And then you can give out out of it as well. And it's, um, who, who knows that you can't take out of a bank account what you haven't put in. And it's not just us that has to maintain that bank account. Well, it is. That's our job to maintain that spiritual bank account. But God also puts investments in there. You see, so, but something's got to have been put in there for it to, otherwise you just default to your your old sinful nature and it's not good what comes out. Um, Just to mix metaphors slightly, your spiritual heart's like a a well of fresh water. It's like if you was in a a little village in Africa and your family was going to a well once a week to pick up your weekly water, you'd want that water to be fresh, wouldn't you? You put your bucket down, and when you pull the bucket back out, you'd just be hoping that it's fresh water. Because if it's not, that's the start of a pretty bad week, isn't it? I uh, see if your water's contaminated that comes out of the bucket, then it's contaminated what's in the well. And that's the same for your spiritual heart as well. What comes out of it is contaminated, means therefore it's contaminated. I just give you a, a scripture, so this should come up on the board. It's from Matthew twelve, verse thirty-three to thirty-five. And it says this. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees, by the way. You brood of vipers, how can you, our evil, say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It's the same as the well, with the fresh water. Hopefully it's fresh water that comes out of the mouth of the well. The same thing out of the mouth of a person. You want it to be, fresh and clean and pure, right? So then he goes on to say in verse 33, 35, sorry, a good man brings the good things out of the good stored up in him, in his heart, and an evil man brings the evil things out of the evil stored up in him, out of his heart. But let me just make this clear because this is a really important part of what I've got to say, and it's it's a general theme that's going to go all the way through, is you can choose, Right? You can choose whether you're a good tree bearing good fruits or a bad tree bearing bad fruit. I mean, so the, the tree is like a metaphor of a person, right? So the tree is talking about a good person or a bad person, and the fruit is the attributes. So you can be a good person bearing good attributes, love, understanding, and kindness, and so on, or a bad tree bearing evil, slander, and whatever else, you see? But let me make this clear as well. You can change from being a bad tree to a good tree. And anyone that served my testimony a couple of weeks ago will know that I wasn't always a good tree. And I didn't always bear good fruit. And I just, just want to say that, that you can change that. So this is Jesus. In this, this piece of scripture, Jesus is addressing the Pharisees. And he's saying, you have evil in your hearts. And I can tell by what comes out of your mouth. So that's a good indication of where a person is at in the heart is what comes out of the mouth. And uh, in fact, that's number one. There's a few more examples, but, but that's number one. Another thing would be your actions, your attitudes, and your decision-making. They all come from a healthy heart. If it's good, they come from a good, healthy heart. That's what a, a pastor, probably, I'm assuming a pastor, will, will look at when he's talking to a person one-to-one. He'll be looking at the theme of what's coming out of someone's mouth. Not the exact words, but the pattern of the words to get an understanding of where that person is. Um. So here's just one more scripture to uh, to sort of paint a better picture of the heart. And it's Matthew 6, verse 19. It should come up on there on the board. And it says this, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself Treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then this is the important bit. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So i just say that again. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this poses a question for me to you today. I don't want anyone shouting at answers or raising their hand, though, but just think about it. What is your treasure? What is your treasure today? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it the presence of God? Because that's That's where it should be, a good, healthy relationship with God. The treasure would be the presence of God and the Holy Spirit and that relationship, and everything else will will flow from that. If if your treasure is wealth and possessions, well, let me just say this. You can't take that with you when you die. You can't take wealth and possessions when you die. Maybe it's uh, family that you treasure, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing to treasure and protect and care for your family. But if you've not got the relationship with God there, there's no point because you don't take your family with you when you die either, okay? And you, don't, you can't sow into your family once you've died. So once you've passed into eternity, it's just you and God. So it's a relationship with God. That's the treasure where well, it should be is your relationship with God. So that's hopefully I've given you a bit of a, painted a picture of, of what, what I'm talking about is in a spiritual heart that we got him. So if you just go back to Proverbs 4, verse 23 to 27, and I got it in the NLT. It might be a little bit different in yours. But verse 23, so let me just say, we're just going to dissect some scripture here. I'm not going to read it all out in one go. We're going to go verse by verse, and we're going to open it up. So verse 23 says this. It says three things. It doesn't say one thing. It says three. First of all, it says, guard your heart. That's the command. Guard your heart. And it's our responsibility to guard it. Right, so that's the first thing is the command, guard your heart. Then it says, above all else. So that's the importance of it. So the importance of guarding the heart is above all else. That's quite a statement, isn't it? And then it goes on to say, for it determines the course of your life. And we've already discussed this. So your speech, your actions, your attitude, and your decision makings will all come from, from a healthy heart. Okay, so that's the how, the, the why, uh, and why you should guard your heart and the importance of it. So then verse 24, 25, 26, 27. If, there were, if there's ever such a thing as a four-point sermon, then, then this is one because they're my four points. This is my practical stuff. If, if there's nothing else I want you to take away, it's these four verses because this is how you guard your heart. Verse 24 says this. This is point one. Avoid all perverse talk and stay away from corrupt speech. Now I believe that's saying two different things. Though. I believe the first part is saying avoid all perverse talk. It's saying what you speak Avoid speaking negative stuff. Avoid speaking poisonous stuff. What what comes out of your mouth, you can control, okay? So avoid all perverse talk. What do you speak of yourself? What do you speak of your life? What do you speak of your future? Your relationships, your, your children. What do you speak of your friendships? See, the words, your words of power. Do you wake up in the morning and think, oh no, not another rubbish day. I'm going to have one heck of a rubbish day. If you do that, then I'm you're probably going to have a rubbish day. And if you keep doing that every day for a year, you probably have quite a contaminated heart from your own words because you're polluting yourself when you're labeling yourself. we can be labels as well what you say about yourself. If you say you're hopeless and you're useless and you're never going to do this, this and that, that's all from the enemy. You're not. The enemy will sow these, these lies into your heart. This is what we need to guard from. And he can do it from our own mouths. But the second part is stay away from corrupt speech. Now, I'd say that's outside influences trying to get in. I'd say that's be careful what you listen to. If you're going to guard your heart, you need to be careful what you say because your words have power. But other people's words have power, and they can influence and they can poison our hearts and our minds. So who are you listening to, which is first? Who are you spending most of your time with? You now, who's speaking into your life? Are they godly people? Are the people that you look up to? Are the people that's doing well in the Lord? Or the worldly people, secular people that have no relationship with God. Because if that's who's speaking into your life and you're opening your heart to them and they're giving you their, their advice, that's not going to help you with your relationship to God. And it's not going to help you guard your heart. So before I move on to the next point, I just say this. Even Christians can have a poisonous tongue. Even even me, even, even you, we all got the choice, like I said before, to, to, to have a poisonous tongue. Do you listen to gossip? Are you, are you hanging around with people that talk gossip? Do you know, just for an example, like, um, I, you know, sometimes I've spent my time with people that, that are godly people, but they can have a negative outlook on other people. And people that I look up to that they're talking about, you spend day in, day out with them people. You start losing love for the people that you look up to. And it's because it poisons your heart. So who are you spending your time with? And who? What are you speaking? So, point number two, verse twenty-five. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. And the part that jumps off the page at me, I've highlighted. This is look, look. What are you looking at? What are your eyes? What are you feasting your eyes upon? What are you spending your time drinking in for your eyes? Is there? Is it? Is it really? Is it worldly stuff? And I, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with like with TV in general, but there's a lot of bad stuff on there that you don't want to be watching. There's a lot of stuff that can corrupt your heart. What are, you, what are you feeding on? And I just use a scripture here. So Matthew 6, verse 23 to, uh, 22 to 23 should come up on the screen behind me, uh, which is this. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then if that light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You see, the, the shame thing is that, that as, as Christians, we, you know, this can creep in. It can make inroads into our lives. And you know, before you know it, you're becoming desensitized. And before you know it, the light that you thought was in you is becoming darkness. And it's a very slow process. And before you know it, it's, it's, it's too late. So first two points. Words have power. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful what you speak. You know, Be careful what you watch. So point number three, verse 26. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. I'll say it again. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. If I can summarize that in two words, it would be this. Prudent planning. Prudent planning. So what, what does the word prudent mean? It means to carefully weigh up the consequences of your actions before you do them. Carefully weigh up lifestyle changes and stuff before you go into them. If you're going to go into a major lifestyle change, you want to carefully weigh it up and not just jump into it. Now, what, what I'm talking about here, I've got just probably a lot more. I've got a few examples. What about a career change? Are, are you praying about it first? Is it, you may need extra money. Like For me, I work at the lighthouse. It wouldn't be good for me to get extra money on the side working in a nightclub. That wouldn't be helpful for me. That wouldn't be good for my heart, from my background. I'm not saying this is to your own convictions, but for, for me, I know that wouldn't be healthy for me to put myself in a, a worldly environment such as that. Could be relationships. So, you know, boy meets new girl, girl meets new boy. You know, is this the right person for you? Is this like a is this like a, a relationship that's going to benefit your relationship with God? Or is this going to be taking you away? So what I'm saying is, you know, these are things to carefully think about, not just jump straight into. And these are always a guard in your heart. Prudent planning. So what about moving house? Now, just for a bit of a silly example, if you move to Moss Side, it might get petrol bombed. Do you know what I mean? It's a silly example. But God knows whether it would or not. Maybe you've got to evangelize Moss Side. I don't know. But, you know, pray about it first. Maybe it is a good move for you. But God will tell you, you know. I've just moved house, and it's took, it's took me ages to move house because I've been waiting for the right feeling in my heart at the right place the right time. And do you know something? When I went to visit my place for the first time I went to view it, I felt a peace inside of me before i even seen it. And I just thought I knew that this was all going to happen. And I, and I came here and it's great. it took about three or four weeks to organize all the paperwork and get everything in place, and it was one obstacle after another. And my boss was saying to me, maybe God's saying to you that this ain't the right place. And I said, no, maybe God wants me to fight for it. You know, this is the right place. And I felt it in my spirit. It was the right place. It could be changing schools. What about changing schools? What about taking your kids out of one school into another school? Prudent planning. Your kids have already got healthy relationships. You take them away from all the friends and put them somewhere else. Yeah, I'm not saying that this would happen but God knows who they're going to get involved in. God knows all this stuff. We don't know that. I can't tell you that. You can't even tell you that. There's only God that can tell you what kind of circumstances that you could be putting your kids in. Prudent planning. guarding your family's heart, your children's heart. So verse 27. So this is my final point, and it's quite short as well. Which is this. Don't get sidetracked and keep your feet from following evil. And the thing that sort of jumps off the page at me there is follow the narrow path. Do you know, as Christians, you know, there's quite a lot of rules and regulations. And anyone that comes from a from a worldly background like myself will know that the world is quite enticing. And there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that can draw you off that narrow path. And even now, but God's just saying, follow the narrow path, you know. Everything is permissible. So scripture says, everything, everything's permissible, but not everything's beneficial. And he's saying this because you can do anything you want, you have free will, but it's Christian, there's rules and regulations and it's for our own good and it's for God in our heart that we would stay on the narrow path. So that's, that's about me done there. I want to conclude with something. I want to give you this conclusion. I didn't want to finish without saying this because you know, this is all well and good if you put it into practice and it's all very good if you, if you know about this. And if this is news to you, and if this is, and as I've been speaking, if the Holy Spirit might have been saying, yeah, that's, that's me. I have let this stuff in, and I have been letting a lot of this, this stuff into my heart. And I know that the well is polluted at the moment. You know, just, to, that can change. There's a choice there, that can change. But I didn't want to go, if that is you, I didn't want to just finish without giving something practical advice for you guys as well, something practical to take away with y'all. So if that's you, I need you to have a good imagination here because I haven't got no props. So just imagine I've got a glass of water in my hand, okay? That's a glass of water, about that big, okay? So this is a clear glass with clear water in it. The glass will represent the heart, yeah? The clear water will represent the purity and the content of your heart, you know, the, the pureness. So the water represents the purity of your heart. Then imagine I've got a, a two-liter bottle here at the side, okay, full of pure water as well. I know you've got to have a good imagination, but imagine I'm putting... A drop of Ribena into that glass. It's going to go red, isn't it? You're not going to be able to get that red out yourself, are you? You can't, you can't get rid of that. That's the corruption of, of the heart, okay? Imagine that that red Ribena is a corruption. So the only way to get it out, and it is this simple, guys. You take the top off the two-liter bottle of water, and you start pouring it in. And it's going to overflow over the sides. And by the time you've poured all that water on top, and it's overflowed, you'll get all the pink stuff. It'll be getting, it'll be getting weaker and weaker. But eventually, love pure water again, and it's that simple. Do you know? So, if that's you today, you just need to start putting in the goodness of God. And that's where it is. Just keep feeding in the goodness of God. Keep installing the goodness of God into your heart. Keep, keep, um, keep applying the Word to your life. And you keep, um, keep spending them quiet times with God. Do you know something? Spending Ten minutes with the Lord sometimes can be more powerful than any Bible study or any preach or anything. Ten minutes, when the Holy Spirit shows up in your bedroom, that, that what you receive within ten minutes is sitting resting in the presence of God. And that's how I believe is the answer to do things in, in, not in your own strength, but do things in God's strength, is because you just rest in the presence of God. And then you sort of have his strength.